Hello and welcome to Sports View with Simon Rukaba. I'm your host, Simon Rukaba. Delayed, uh, couldn't uh, we? We had some mix-ups. Uh, couldn't get together for uh, drop it like it's hot yesterday. So we'll be doing it special Tuesday edition. Uh, lots that could be talked about, and we'll just find out. Without further ado, we have Katie Trop, host of uh, uh, Sports Talk with with Trop, both blog and and uh, and podcast. And Austin area rapper. Check her out, katietrop.net. That's T-R-O-P-P. Katie, how you doing after uh, we were just talking off air about uh, you whooping me in uh, fantasy football? Our weekly picks for the Pick'em, um, I'm now up two as I've won this week. Ten to six uh, was my record. Nine and seven was yours, so not the greatest. Uh, you definitely don't follow us for betting advice, but uh, it is our picks. And uh, I'm now two up uh, in this early season. How are you doing, Katie? I am doing good. I, I Before I, I drop my topic today, I just wanted to ask how your ass is feeling after the ass kicking I gave you in fantasy football this weekend. <laughs> it's it's always fun. I, I, I got whooped plenty as a kid, so uh, as, long as, <laughs> as long as it's not my dad's thick-ass belt or my mom hitting me with the phone cord, which now they make uh, cordless vacuums, and I wish they had them around when I was a kid. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'm always going to be fine. I can take a spanking. Um, and then we'll see. We'll see. Maybe you'll get me back later in the season. Yeah, we'll we see. Off again for sure. Yeah, we'll see. My team's got to get better. I'm going to have to redo my roster or see, see what's going on. I have a few players on injured reserve early on this season, so hopefully they'll get back. Um, and we'll, we'll see what they can do for my team. So without further ado, let's, let's get right into it. We'll drop it like it's hot. All right, well, uh, with uh, week two of uh, the NFL season uh, wrapped up today, it was a very, very interesting weekend. We had a lot of great games, a lot of crazy games, and uh, an interesting turn of events happened. And uh, uh, what happened was is uh, Trey Lance, the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, he has broken his ankle and is out for the rest of the season. So uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is back as the starting quarterback of the San Francisco, for the San Francisco 49ers. And I just, I think it's just a crazy turn of events. One, because last year, my, my whole thing with the Niners was, is I don't understand why they drafted Trey Lance to begin with. I felt like they should have always gone in on Jimmy G just because he's a winner. That's what he's proven to be. I understand he's injury prone and um, he's not the greatest quarterback in the league, but he can get the job done, and he's proven he can do it with the 49ers. And uh, I found it very interesting that as soon as he got on the field, that team loves that dude. And so that was another reason why I always thought it was weird that they went after Trey Lance. Now, I think it's horrible for Trey Lance that this is how his season ended. You know, he's just getting his career started. You know, he had to sit on the bench all last year and just kind of learn from Jimmy G and uh, just kind of take in everything for his first year. It's on, uh, he has an okay performance in week one. And then right as week two comes out, he on what, like the, I know it was one of the beginning drives and I always like in the first quarter uh, when he got injured. So that was sad to see, but uh, I kind of have a feeling this is going to force the 49ers into an awkward position next off season as well. So this whole dance with Jimmy G and Trey Lance, I, I think just gets even more murky 
you know, this this season they're going to be good. Uh, whatever happens, I mean, unless unless Jimmy G gets injured, which could always happen as well. But let's just say he doesn't get injured, they should be fine with him as quarterback because this team loves the dude. But uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens uh, come the off season because Jimmy G's going to be a free agent. Are they going to go all in on Trey Lance, or are they going to? work something out with Jimmy G and uh, continue on with him and maybe uh, keep Trey Lance on the bench or trade him in the offseason, maybe get something in return. But I always felt they should have gone in all, all in on Jimmy G, and it's kind of looking like the universe thinks so too. So uh, how do you feel about uh, the whole the whole situation going on in San Francisco with the quarterback? Yeah, the whole Jimmy G, well, <clears throat> his whole career has been interesting that he's been a good quarterback, uh, Bill Belichick wanted, you know, he, he he made no secret or there was no secret made that he wanted him in New England. He was willing to part ways with Tom Brady early uh, back, you know, before Brady ended up making the decision there. And then that whole thing with um, Jimmy G wanting to go to the same doctor or the same clinic and Brady uh, making it so that he couldn't go see the same physician or something like that. But but yeah, this was interesting. Then you go to Fort the San Francisco, and I was surprised in the offseason. Nobody wanted to take a shot. Everybody's waiting for the crop of quarterbacks available in next year's draft. Nobody wanted to to get him. But if he wins, he wins. I mean, he gets gets people the super. He gets you the Super Bowl, NFC cha- uh, championship game. And yet, uh, you want to find something better. This is what I don't get from certain colleges. They have a coach that leads them to bowl games year in and year out, and then they they get rid of them because they want to do they want somebody better. Like you want to do better than than ten and two or you know nine and three and a bowl game with victory. You know, it's like be careful what you wish for. It's it's hard to get better than than uh, um, than what you get sometimes. Sometimes you know, looking back at the Utah Jazz all those years with Jerry Sloan. You know, they were a perennial playoff team, made it to the finals in the Michael Jordan era. But, uh, yeah, you know, all those years uh, straight, almost, I think, 20, almost like I want to say 17 straight years taking their playoffs, and they never got rid of him because they were a perennial playoff team. You know, with Jimmy G, you're, you're, he's a proven winner. He'll he'll get you there. And then they always say, well, he's not good enough to win the championship. Well, they, he came damn close with the 49ers when they lost to the powerhouse uh, uh, Chiefs team and, and the Chiefs' first uh, yeah, victory. They were, they were only one play away, really. I mean, he, he did overthrow that pass, but nobody's perfect in any game by any means. Yeah, no, and so it's just it's surprising that they don't. Nobody wants to invest. They always want the young quarterback that, you know, I mean, he's a good-looking guy. So not, in fact, in fact uh, you know, so it's not like the marketability isn't there. I mean, people want to see him, and you know, the fan base, and you know, and then the coaches is is, is uh, you know, Shanahan's sarcastic. Oh, how do he look to you? Oh, no, he's always been pretty, you know. So it's just a. Uh, you know, but it just what you know. You're thinking, okay, he he. We have him on the roster. Maybe there'll be a quarterback that gets injured, and then and then they'll want to uh, negotiate for for Jimmy G. Well, who knew that the team with the injured quarterback is the one he happens to be on that that kept him, where he 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 redid his contract to stay there for one more year. They all said their goodbyes after last last season, and uh, I don't know. They were just so high on Trey Lance, who was unproven. Didn't start very many games even in college, and uh, but they just saw something in him, and they still, you know. So yeah, it's gonna be real interesting if they, what decision they make. It almost gets to that point of uh, when the Lakers had the issue about you know they couldn't keep Shaq and Kobe, 
so what do you do? And, 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 and as it turned out, you know, in the aftermath years later, they almost got rid of Kobe. Uh, they were, he was, he was in Chicago, uh, looking at, at homes and, and getting ready to make the move to Chicago. And so before they ended up re-signing him and, and talking to Shaq about, yeah, we just can't let go of the young guy and you're, you're aging and you're this and that. So we're going to have to let you go. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's a decision for the front office. I'm just glad he took it all in stride too, because he wasn't pissed off. He wasn't like, you know, screw you guys. And he went out there and just did his job. I mean, and he was waiting, he had a smile on his face coming onto the, the field and, and just was just going to do his job. And then they score a touchdown on his very first drive. They all, so, you know, root, you know, it's like the team plays for him and played hard. And now, uh, now everybody's in consensus that with him, with Jimmy G, now they have a shot again. And with Trey, they were hoping he developed, and then they they were still unsure of the 49ers. Now with him, with Jimmy G back, they're predicting playoffs and maybe championship now. And uh, I don't know how that makes a decision that you don't want him on your team uh, and, and you're going to go for the unproven guy. So, yeah, interesting turn of events. And, uh, and uh, you know, people are going to root for him. And, and he's somebody, the whole situation, the way it's played out uh, – now he's got the opportunity just to come out and keep doing what he always does, which is win. Yeah, and if it, and just say, I mean, because it's only week two. I, you know, we're going into week three now. So, I mean, absolutely anything can happen uh, from now until the Super Bowl. So, let's just say the 49ers win the Super Bowl. How the hell do you not re-sign Jimmy G? you got to re-sign Jimmy <laughs> G, in my opinion. If you win the Super Bowl, you know what I mean. Oh yeah, and uh, he's the one holding uh, holding the negotiating power. So you know, exactly. so now if that happens and they sit down and said, okay, uh, you know, we may we, we fucked up. So what do you want? He's just he holds all the cards, and he'll be able to control. You know, hey, hey this is how much you're going to have to pay me, and, and all that. And you thought that the Sean Watson deal was 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 hefty then uh yeah it's gonna cost them now which uh it wouldn't have probably cost them as much if they just decided to stick with him and and make him the franchise guy so if, and also if he leads them to a championship this read you know everybody looks at the left guard ever since the joe theisman injury and they say okay that i mean the left tackle the you know the the, the blind side that whole blind side theory they know he's the usually the second highest paid guy on the on the offense uh, now everybody's going to make sure because it's a copycat league, they're going to double check their backup quarterback and, uh, and know, uh, and make sure that they have a solid one, uh, just in case, uh, whereas of, uh, it's like quarterback by committee for most teams, if their starter gets hurt. And, um, but now I think it's just going to be a, a position that that's, that's vital to a group and that they're willing to spend more money on. Even if they do end up on the bench for the whole season, I just you you gotta have that insurance. Uh, it's like having an insurance policy, and and when something doesn't happen, you're pissed off because you're paying the insurance every every month, and you're just waiting for it to go to drop since you haven't been in an accident. But when you are in an accident and you need the insurance, it's 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 vital, you know. So uh, they're gonna. I think teams are gonna make sure that they have a solid backup, uh, uh, not just uh, you know just throw somebody in there and, and hope that your starter doesn't get hurt and then be screwed if they do. Um, so um, you know you saw that with the Cowboys, Prescott getting hurt, and uh, you know now they're giving uh, an unknown a, a shot. Um, so and they're they're just praying <laughs> for them, and yeah. you know. He, <laughs> Win this week. Yeah, that, that was good. 
Oh, and speaking of that, and I thought you were a diehard. Some some old lady shows up, puts two hundred dollars on the Cowboys to win. It wasn't about the points or anything; just flat out to win. She's a, and she just said, "I it's probably the wrong bet, but I'm gonna stick with my boys." So, so that's yeah, how yeah, diehard she know, was. Me, and me and that old lady and Michael Irvin, we're the only ones. Yeah. Yeah, no, you you got that. You know your team, as I know mine. Unfortunately, uh, we just find a way. Uh, the cardiac cats. If you're going to be a Panther fan, you do need a defibrillator as your fan kit, and it's going to be back and forth. They're going to set you up, and you're going to think you got to win. And and even if you have a big lead, it's never safe. I do feel terrible for the Raider fans because that's just week in and week out. Um, uh, at least five or six weeks every year that you're going to get these games where you think they have it won, and and then you're, it's a nail biter at the end whether they win or lose. So, uh, that that I do feel sorry for because for years they haven't had a a, vic- a victory and all that. And then my son roots for the Raiders, so it's uh when you hear an eleven year old. Uh, well, I won't tell his mom, but he 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 was cussing cussing his ass off over over what happened. But uh, but uh, so you guys you guys haven't had a good start to your season thing. Yeah, yet. no. Uh, when people see this house divided uh, flag outside of my house, and it's it's half Raiders and half Panthers, uh, people look over there and like, I don't know, it must be a losing household. <laughs> Maybe not a door they want to knock on. <laughs> but uh, well, speaking of your of your Panthers. Since they're doing so horribly, um, and uh, just they had such a, in my opinion, I felt like they had like no urgency in the offseason to really improve the team at all. Uh, I kind of have a feeling Matt Rule is going to be like the first coach fired this year, like midway through the season. What, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, that? no, that, and then especially now with that opening at Arizona State with Herman Edwards, unfortunately, I uh, just couldn't get it done, couldn't get the team to respond. And there's a clip of him going over to the athletic director. They lost to Eastern Michigan, I think, this past weekend. He walks over to the athletic director, and they're chatting. And it looks like he was pretty much telling him, I, I can't – I have no control on the, of this team anymore. And there's a recruiting scandal, this and that. But, uh, yeah, one of the candidates mentioned for the um, for that job is, is Matt Rule, especially if he gets fired uh, in season. And uh, David Tepper, you know, you don't get a, a trillionaire – or you know and uh you know he's been patient i know he was upset last when he realized you know he he signed him to a seven-year contract matt rule so now after this year it's not going to be as as hard of a hit or even if it happens so i don't i think he's probably going to be safe for the season because of the like if they wait till the end of the season it's not as hard a hit on the on the on the on the budget but um but yeah i mean i david tepper might just be the one and, and it makes me feel like well what would Ron Rivera have been doing with this team now being a veteran and and building this team up because he, he was in the works of rebuilding the team and, and I know we were on a rebuild but uh, they thought Matt Rule's direction would be better so it just you know you never know yeah I, I think they fell in love with because you know since he's a brand new owner and he's a he's a little bit on the younger side as opposed to you know like all the Jerry Jones and the older mm-hmm. guys in the league um, I, I kind of have a feeling he just fell in love with the whole college guy, and oh, he's got that really fast offense because he did. He was a great college coach. Yeah, no lie. I mean, he, he did a great job while he when he was a, a college coach. But like, I I kind of feel like uh, Tepper just kind of fell in love with that, and that's why he uh, 
He uh, he didn't end up going with Ron Rivera, even though you're right. He should have stuck with Rivera because they were in a rebuilding mode. But he he's a leader. He knows how to build a team up from the bottom up because he already did that when he first got to Carolina years ago. So it's like he should have just stuck with them because they'd probably mm-hmm. be in a much better situation right now. Uh, they probably would have had a much better um, quarterback situation, if anything, just because mm-hmm. he would have probably taken care of that or had better uh, more people who would have wanted to go play in Carolina as opposed with Matt Rule because you don't know what you're going to get with that dude. Yeah, and then – Bringing uh, Baker Mayfield in last minute and not instead of like to have the training camp and like build the cohesiveness, exactly. but yeah, yeah, but he want yeah, and that, then that was that, that was confusing to me as well too is how like all off season it was about how they were going after either Jimmy G or Baker Mayfield, and then they don't get him until like two weeks before training camp. It's like what was the point of that? Y'all should have just traded for him like months ago so he could have at least you know, started getting a rep with yeah. the receivers and the tight ends, the offensive line, getting to know the book and the coaches and all that. Instead, they traded it for him like right before training camp and it's like you throw him into the fire and now it's like, uh, yeah, this is what Yeah, yeah. and then, uh, you know, they start saying, you know, hey, Sam Darnold, you know, we believe in you and, you know, patting him on the back and go get him. And then they turn around, all right, well, Baker's coming in. And there was no way that with, Cle- especially with Cleveland being the week one opponent, that they were going to not start make Mayfield against his old team, just the marketing part of it and the way the game works. It's just, it didn't matter how, how good of a competition was going on in training camp, but then um, it's been frustrating. And I didn't realize, cause I didn't see, you know, all that I was at his debut game. Cause it, it was the Raider game that I took my son to that season uh, in Oakland. And that turned out to be May- Baker Mayfield's first start, but I didn't realize he was the number one, like, I guess because of his height. He, he gets so many of his passes blocked at the from the defensive line, and it's frustrating because it, it just it, – this so far through two weeks, it's happened at least five times a game. He, he drops back, he goes to pass, and then you just see the ball tipped at the line, and it's like he, you can't – He's never he's never learned to to lift it off like a like a rocket launch like Jake Delhomme had the issue, but he had a um oh god I can't think of the offensive coordinator's name he was Bill Parcells' right hand man for oh Dan Henning, and he had Dan Henning uh, making uh, Delhomme throw balls into a trash can and the trick to that was to kind of you had to get some airlift in that and then have it kind of come down in a straight line so but the key was to do like a rainbow a rainbow type of pass and uh but jake delome had some size so he was i think six two six three uh but man, nobody seems to be coaching mayfield on how to how to maybe do that rocket launch type of pass where it goes over the defensive line um it doesn't seem like but I mean, and he and he's and he seems when he's desperate and he's coming out second half, it just looks like uh, he's a different quarterback and 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 just kind of gets into it. But yeah, it's, it looks like he's still studying the playbook and stuff. Some of his passes, he expects receivers to be in certain areas that he's passing to that aren't. I mean, he was fourteen for twenty nine, so that's that means yeah, he missed more than than he got. But yeah, it's just uh, that whole thing. And then the college, I can't believe, like, speaking of that, already looking at who the recruit, Nebraska is considering Urban Meyer, it seems like, and I don't know why anybody would give him a shot anywhere. Just, I uh, almost, <laughs> we're going to do that as a topic today. Yeah, it, because I could not believe how 
week. First of all, I'm like, who the hell puts him on pregame? Who wants to listen to what Urban Meyer <laughs> thinks on any fucking level? Yeah. But okay, you can do that shit as long as you're not coaching. But then they hear the fans like, we want Urban. I'm like, why would you want Urban Meyer? That dude's going to leave you high and dry. He'll come here and give you all your fucking hopes and dreams <laughs> like you're going to go somewhere. And then he's going to leave you with some fake little headache or some shit. <laughs> yeah, no, that, and it's, you know, the college game has changed in all sports. Like, um, Moses Wood, who's from here in Reno, his dad played like eight seasons in the NBA, never with more than he, he, he never developed, uh, David Wood. Um, he was on eight different teams in eight seasons as I, nobody really gave him a shot to develop. And I think that was, uh, his downfall, but Moses Wood is like, uh, um, give me one second. Um, Okay. Well, we're good. I don't know what happened here with my system, but now we're back on. Well then, so yeah, um so you, you most of these colleges are going to be looking at the pro level because the college works. So Moses Wood, he went to Tulane, he transferred to UNLV. Now I hear he's at Portland State then because of COVID. He's like a 25-year-old um senior or junior in high in college because uh, of all his eligibility and the rules and he keep he keeps transferring and and he keeps getting more years of eligibility. So I'm like, wait, he's still in college? So somebody was telling me about him the other day, and I thought maybe he's playing overseas or he's pursuing, like, the G League or something. And they're like, no, he's, he's at Portland State still in college. I said, like, wait, how old is he? I guess he, he went years ago. I mean, I read the article what seemed like uh, – like, man, my son, I don't think my youngest son was even born yet. And I was reading an article about wow. him, where he was going after it, because he went to play for Mike Dunleavy at Tulane. And then that was uh, Dunleavy's last year. And so he transferred to UNLV. And then I thought he was done. He should have been done by now. And then they're like, no, he's just a junior. And I said a junior. Like, how many times? Like, but with all the transfer protocols and, and all the rules now, they're pretty much pro players now. So I think they're going to look for more pro coaches from the pro ranks to come coach the college team because you don't have, it's no longer about recruiting. Seventy um, percent of the recruiting now is transfers from other schools, so it's not the college thing. You don't have to be a salesman. You don't have to go recruit um, some high schooler, and you don't have to go to their house as much and and try to you know get that person to play for you. It's pretty much look at who's out there that's available that that's ready to get some playing time or they and pretty much that's what it is. It's, it's the younger generation. They're not getting playing time. They, they don't want to redshirt and wait another year. They just want to play and be a starter from day one. So you got those kind of uh, players, uh, uh, you know, on a team and it's like a, another team that will guarantee that they play uh, that player is going to transfer to. So the first of all, the college game is becoming more like like the pros. So they are going to look to the pros. And then who do you look for? So Matt Rule, um, and they're talking about, uh, oh gosh, who else? There's another coach uh, that's kind of the hot. He's not really on the hot seat on his team, but but he has a lot of college experience. And then he went into the pros, and and they think he could come back and, and, and lead a college school. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. That, so when I, it was like the top five candidates to replace Herm Edwards at, at Arizona Cause State. Was, Cause Kingsbury did use. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah Cliff Kings. Yeah. Kingsbury. Yeah. And then they don't know the turmoil that's happening or what's going on there in Arizona. Um, he may have lost the team or, or and his, the, the team isn't reacting to his coaching anymore. And, you know, everybody, you know, he had that, uh, 
that single guys, you know, uh, that when when they did the draft from their homes and he had the camera and he, he's just chilling in his loafers and huge house and and uh, yeah, he was he he really advertised himself as an eligible bachelor. So, um, but 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 as a coach, he just hasn't gotten the job done with the team that he has. Um, they had a good victory come from behind here, but um, yeah, he he's 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 a candidate. And then the college, you I guess with a with a good coach like that, you could sign a long term deal. Um, and you see someone like I didn't realize like uh, Jim Mora Jr. to see his downfall, you know, to have coached the Falcons and the 49ers and then UCLA. And then I found out he was, he's now the head coach at Connecticut <laughs> at UConn. Oh, wow. So, uh, he, yeah, he's... I, didn't, I didn't even know where Jim Mora Jr. was because, yeah, the last I heard of him was at UCLA. Yeah. So, but yeah, that that's the coaching carousel. But I, whether it's players or coaches, it's always odd that, uh, people are getting the job done and then they're looking for something else. And, and then they, they, you know, I, I don't know. Some teams, there's some organizations that are, that are patient. You know, the Steelers have only had, I think four coaches in their entire franchise. They don't really give up on who they hire. And then other teams can't keep a coach for more than a year. I mean, I think the New York giants, uh, they were saying they were showing a chart during the game of, of how many how many games each coach had coached each of their last five or six coaches, and nobody had coached more than thirty three games before they were fired, and uh, they they were expecting different from this coach, and then it looks like he's gonna have the job for a while. He's he he, he motivates the team, and it's just it's got to fit your team. I mean, you get one guy that's just. Uh, that's hefty. He looks like a like a couch potato, a big football fan, who's the Giants coach, and then the um the coach of uh, uh Miami looks like a college professor, but he motivates okay. his team and and they play for him. So it's 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 got to be the right person for the right squad and the team, you know, and 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 what the team's looking for. But yeah, there's certain teams that you don't know what direction, what are they trying to achieve, you know, and. Then, so going back to then with the Jimmy G's, what were the 49ers? What are they trying to give their fan base? Like a de- some developmental years where they don't really have big expectations or somebody that can win with the current team right now. Uh, you know, I know Brandon Ayuk's father-in-law pretty good. We grew up in Tahoe together and, and now he lives in Reno and uh, you know, he's, he's a, he's a talented player and they have a lot of talent on that team and they have high expectations and high hopes. So then, but then they're throwing a quarterback that they were throwing a quarterback that, was unproven. And I think that was the whole Debo uh, Samuel uh, situation in this offseason. When he started demanding a trade, he wasn't sure if this was going to work out. And he's trying to, he's trying to go for a championship while he's, he's in his prime. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's it just, it's a confusing thing. It's a coaching carousel issue. And, and then the player carousel. And, and now who do you, you know, it, you know, you just got to, each team's got their own issues and then, and their own, what if this, and if that, you know, it's, it's, you know, and it's the interesting thing about football. And it used to be because you know, now you can't even touch the quarterback and that's how quarterbacks can play till they're 45, but it used yeah. to be injuries were part of the game and it always gave an opportunity for some unknown to come off the bench and prove himself. I mean, Tom Brady himself did, had to do that with uh, Drew Bledsoe's injury. So um, exactly. with all being said, I mean, it's just a fate thing and just what was meant to be. I mean, you see the the Broncos hired that coach and the real, the real reason was, okay, this is the coach that Aaron Rodgers wants. So, and, and they can bullshit all they want, but you know, they hired Nathaniel, uh, uh, Hackett. Hackett because they were they were thinking that that was going to make uh, Aaron Rodgers come to Denver 
and that didn't happen. Now they got Russell Wilson there, and and they're they're kind of struggling early on to find find the niche there and and get, get things going. So, but yeah, but it all has to do with the management of a team and and just how you do it. I mean, that's why it's a tough that the GMs make a lot of money because that's they got to make the right decisions uh, on on what they're doing. And uh, yeah, so now the 49ers have gone from uh, where they make the playoffs to where they where they make it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and and that's why nobody like you don't have week three odds during week two because like I was telling somebody at the sports book you don't some lady um, want to see if we had odds for the next week. I said that won't be until until after all these games are done for this week because you know what if you have a major injury. You got to redo all yeah, the that's that. That's why. Yeah. yeah, I know the injury report. It, it really affects the line because if uh, it, you know, just Trey Lance and uh, Jimmy G coming in, that really did change the line. Now that now the Niners actually are like in Super Bowl contention when it comes to the line now. Yeah, yeah, those odds are going to change, and there's going to be a lot of bets coming in on the Niners now to win it all. And so all those odds have to be redone. So they're all taken down during the the week's games because they get reevaluated week in and week out. So, but uh, yes, that's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see. And you just gotta have the right personnel from top to bottom. And, and it's really the healthiest team that that year that the Rams, when Todd Gurley got injured, when they played the Patriots in the Super Bowl, coming into the year they were the healthiest team. And everybody said, well, as long as they stay healthy, they're gonna go to Super Bowl. And they were healthy enough to make it to the Super Bowl, but then they had the injuries on there that affected, I think, their performance in the game. And I think a young coach, a young Sean McVay, was maybe a little intimidated going up against Belichick and maybe played too conservative. But yeah, you know, you, that that's why you, every every fan base ends up having hope or having their hopes dashed by by any situation. That's why that's why we love football and that's why we love sports. Anything can happen. Pretty much. Yep. Well, hey, thanks a lot for joining us again. This is another episode of Trap It Like It's Hot on the Sports View with Simon Rukawa. And uh, catch up with you uh, tomorrow for our week three picks. All right. Thanks for having me as always. Talk to you tomorrow. Yep. See you. Bye. Bye. KD Trap, everybody, uh, with Trap It Like It's Hot for Sports View. This is Simon Rukawa checking out. Until next time, keep faith in your own squads. You never know what's going to happen.